Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors. Wherever you are in the world, I do hope you're having a good day. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. This is episode 119, where I had the immense pleasure to have on uh, Margaret Mary O'Connor uh, on the podcast today. Uh, yes, basically, uh, this lady, a very like very nice lady to talk to, uh, she has made it her mission to reveal the truth uh, of... Uh, your like of your catholic church basically talking about uh how the important role women have played in the catholic church and how it's been sort of covered up uh over the uh, years uh we talked about many uh different topics uh, we talked about how the catholic church has been operating what the sort of future of the catholic church might be and yeah uh our, some of our hopes so please sit back enjoy the podcast and yeah have an awesome day yeah Peace. <laughs> ah, hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! This is the first one of 2021. I have the immense pleasure of having uh, Margaret Mary O'Connor on. I have to say, this lady, <clears throat> now, I've I got to say, yeah. Her educational background is fierce, and yeah, she is a book like author as well. She her book, uh, "Scandal in the Shadows," oh, dealing with the Catholic Church, say no more. And yeah, and personal life, yeah, she has overcome many obstacles as well. But let me say, rather than me sort of like waxing on, uh, yeah, how are you today, uh, Mary? Like uh, Margaret Mary, excuse me. Oh, me, why I'm doing really good. Thank you. Excellent. I've got to say thank you for coming on today. I know we tried to get this uh, sorted for the end of last year, but circumstances and things just got in our way. But yeah, I like. Well, I'm glad to be here. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Hopefully, our 2021s uh, shall be a lot more better than 2020. And hopefully, it'll calm down through the rest of the year i say definitely <laughs> excellent uh, yeah i have to ask like you are a person which like okay i've said this a couple of times uh, before but yeah there are people out there which make you like oh yeah i can i can do that i you know what i mean they're not really doing anything and then there are people like yourself which are sort of really going out there and sort of like pushing themselves on a day-to-day basis and like really sort of overcome some obstacles like may i ask what is the thing what is your driving force well unfortunately uh, as a catholic i came to the realization that my church lied to me about their own church's early history. Mm. And unfortunately, the hierarchy of the Catholic Church has a very, very selective memory regarding the early period of church history. And what a coincidence, it's within that period that there actually were women priests, women bishops, women deacons. Mm. And if if you know anything about the Catholic Church, You've been told, like I grew up in the 50s, there are no women priests. There never were women priests in our church. So 
it's pretty cut and dry, at least when you're young. You know, you, you hear something from the hierarchy. Yeah. Or if you're in another church denomination, the elders, and you believe it. Well, over the years, I kept hearing, like, calling rumors that there were a woman priest. So then, again, I asked different priests, oh, no, there's only men priests. So finally, you get to a point in your life, and I'm going to try to find an answer to this. And lo and behold, it's really exciting. There's been um, a number of new books out, and the truth that comes to from them is from biblical research. They're the ones that have done all the hard work. But getting back to, you know, myself being lied to, I mean, initially I was, maybe it's my Irish background. I was mad, I was upset. And I thought, listen, I can't stay in this state. I mean, I don't care whatever your, you know, problem that you're going through. You can really get down, you can really get angry. But what good is that going to do? Mm. And especially in this case of finding something exciting, a whole other side to my church's history, um, that really gave me the impetus to write this book. But the most marvelous thing that I found was when I just said a while ago about woman priest. And for your audience, again, what I'm going to say, it's going to be shocking, but it is the truth. Jesus's mother, Mary, mother of God, was a woman priest. Her title was Mary Priest, and she was known as the model for all priesthood in the Catholic Church. And I know some, some people out there, their jaws are going to drop, but if you go back in the church history in 18... 54, the church fathers, before they could give the term immaculate conception to Mary, mm. they had to justify that on the grounds that she was a woman priest. So then you're saying, wait a minute, uh, do I mean she was a priest that maybe like it's um, some sort of an honorary title? You know, she's Jesus's mother. Maybe that, that's what this is all about. No. They, the early church fathers used a tradition. They went back to Hebrews 7.26. Isn't it fitting that we have such a high priest? So you have to imagine that Mary indeed was a priest. And this is a whole, I mean, it's gigantic if you're a Catholic, and especially if you're a woman and you receive a call from God, and you want to become a woman priest, well, you know, if you're in the Catholic Church, you're going to have to go into another faith denomination mm. to uh, attain that. And if the church fathers have been lying to us, I mean, I see that as deceit. It's a definite cover-up. But that cover-up even goes back I call it a deliberate cover-up. Back in 1976, which isn't that too far back for most of us, I mean, considering 2,000 years of church history, the Pope has his own commission. It's called the Pontifical Biblical Commission. They did this study, and they actually looked in 
to the question of women being priests in our church. And they came out and they said, there's absolutely no reason why women, biblically, why women can't be priests in the Catholic church. So what have they done with that? They have sat on that. Now that's 1976, jump back two years previous to 1974. Mm-hmm. There was a whole other different, uh, it was something like an international theological study. And this time they were checking into the question of women as being deacons back you know, in the early centuries. And they found these three Greek uh, studies. May I ask a quick question? Uh, What is the difference between a priest and a deacon? All right. A priest has, uh, this was changed with the ordination rules that the, not that Jesus started, but what the the hierarchy, they they make canon law. Mm -hmm. And a priest supposedly has this special power that in his priesthood, that he can consecrate the Eucharist, the body and blood, you know, of Jesus during the, the Eucharistic celebration. And you have to be a priest in our church to do that right now. So what that basically means is that means you have to be a male is number one. You can't be a female to do it. So it's very, it's very cut and dry again. And a deacon is, is someone that can like officiate uh, at weddings, at baptisms, uh, give last rites, um, give a homily. And here again in the Catholic Church, again, it's relegated only to the male gender. The, the female gender is excluded. So we know now there's no reason why women can't be a priest. The 74 study came out and said they went way back with these Greek um, scriptures or not scriptures, uh, writings that they found. And basically, whether it was a man deacon or a woman deacon, they were both on the altar. The -hmm. bishop was uh, officiating in prayer over them as he laid hands on them. And then they put like a stole around each of their necks and they were able to receive to drink from the chalice and the women at that time were called deaconesses so my question is why did pope francis ever have to convene in 2016 a new commission (laughs) i mean this is it's awful they are just sitting on this they they don't want women to become priests like I would say with regards to like, when it comes to the Catholic Church, I, I am an outsider, say. Like, I've only observed the Catholic Church times when popes come into, new popes come into play. And when, how, how can I say it? When the Catholic Church is brought to task over rather sure. controversial things which have happened within the Catholic Church. Uh, but it seems to me it's like an organization which... It did one. It did stuff one way in the past, and then basically, as time's gone by, it's just gone down this path where now it's become so rooted in tradition and like so like these like profound rites that it doesn't want 
to sort of change because that's going to be seen as controversial or divisive. And it's, it's just like, okay, you have been around for quite a long time. You've evolved and changed, but you seem like you don't want to evolve and change for this new century to me. I mean, you are right on, and especially regarding any question of woman being priest or woman's uh, ordination. Mm. And that's the thing for any woman in the Catholic Church, um, especially when you find out about what the actual truth is. Um, and that's my quest, really, is to begin a, a conversation here in the U.S. And I want it to spread across to uh, Europe because... Just think of all the Catholics, whether it's here or, you know, worldwide, they have absolutely no idea that there's even an issue here. Mm. Yeah, but like this is the thing, um, the Catholic religion, like, well, the Catholic, like, it's one, like one billion people strong, like, you know, and it's one of those things where if you're not going to sort of address 50, like 500 million people who are also in that religion, it's going to be something which I think is going to be very difficult for the Catholic Church, like in the near future. Well, like, you know, as scandals come and as people want to take be more involved to show their faith, um, I think they need to sort of like, okay, they have to acknowledge that contribution that 500 million people, which they're not addressing, play. Yeah, and if they ever came out, they would have to admit how they've just lied century after century. Mm. And I mean, it's outright lying uh, to any woman. And right now, basically, I'm going into a cement wall because within our Catholic Church for decades, there was something called pray and mm. obey. And you knew you, you just didn't question, like back in the 50s, you never questioned you're Monsignor, uh, let alone whatever, you know, Rome was doing. Who were you? The person in the pew. I mean, seriously. And of course, over the years, uh, by the 60s and 70s, they started having parish councils, which was something new. But as far as the woman's uh, equality in the church, there is nothing. And I think you're going to find this really shocking. Our present Pope Francis, back in 2010, he was a cardinal. He had a book out on heaven and earth. And in that book, he made the statement that basically the woman feminist received their rights, you know, everything they needed back when women received the right to suffrage. Mm. Well, 1920, um, gee, it's wonderful. We've, you know, <laughs> as women, we've received everything. But I mean, seriously, take that out of the public realm, move it back into the church hierarchy. And if you have the person at the top of the totem pole in the church, the Pope, and that's his thoughts, how can he ever relate and see the issue of women's equality as even being an issue? And yet, I guess I don't understand how through the centuries the, the church fathers completely disavowed Jesus's own words on women's equality. Like in Galatians 3.28, there is no man or woman, all are one in Christ Jesus. Or um, 
go back to um, Genesis 127. In the divine image, God created them, woman and men, God made them. So you have a hierarchy that this issue of woman's equality, it's not even on their radar. Mm. But, so with regards to what people, like, how do you think this change will come about to bring like ladies in as deacons, as priests, and maybe like one day as high as cardinals or maybe a pope? What do you think uh, would be needed? Uh, how do you think that pathway will come about? Well, first of all, everyone, every Catholic has to realize that there's even to begin with an issue here because mm. they don't know this. But then even if they know it, for a woman, when you look at it down through centuries, where is our religious heritage? A man, uh, from the time they were little, they always see other men as priests. Mm. Uh, in families, oh, say Christ Uncle Christopher was a, a priest, maybe uh, Uncle Joe was a bishop, or Uncle Ryan was a, a cardinal. Now, what about for the woman? Well, they'd say, oh, you have Mary as a role model. Yes, but we never knew her as uh, a priest. Mm. So we have lost a whole complete religious heritage. So if I started asking um, any woman, uh, who's Kale? Who's Lita? <laughs> I mean, well, I didn't know either until I saw these names. These were women priests way back, you know, uh, in the early uh, Catholic church. Uh, and the same thing, you could do the same thing with deacons, you can do the same thing with bishops. And I think we're all familiar with the story of Jesus picking only the 12 male apostles. And we see it from the point that, well, I guess there was just 12 apostles and they were all males. Well, this one lady that was doing biblical research, Ida Ramming, she found out about a concept of apostleship. And what that meant was anyone could be an apostle as long as they were divinely and solemnly sent out either by their own community or by the risen one. Well, then when you start hearing other names in the Bible as being woman apostles, it really gives credence to that. And there was this one name, Junia, which forever was being referred to as a male apostle, where in reality, uh, this person was a female apostle. So there's just so much um, hidden history. First, you know, the, the women have to, the Catholics have to hear the truth. Then they really have to have almost like a 101 course. I mean, seriously, in the early history, who, who these women, uh, priests, bishops, uh, deacons were, apostles were, because right now, um, some lady might say, wow, gee, that's something. There were women, you know, in these different positions. But, all right, I mean, realistically, what does that mean to me mm. in my faith life? Because I they've never had that experience. And the biggest thing that, that should come out of this is if women start to really, you know, think that, realize they are equal, even though they've been told they're unequal, 
the hierarchy will say the only reason women want to become priest is for two reasons. Um, it's the, 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 the feminist people have their own agenda, you know, to take over male positions or it's the power. And I want uh, Pope Francis to know, no, it's not the power. We're talking about any woman's spirituality. They just want to answer, you know, God's call to them. Yeah, no, but like, this is the thing. What I would say is, like, just a slight pushback on that, because, look, if you look at the current system the way it is, there are there are going to be priests out there and, like, who want to go up through the ranks, who want to become those cardinals and maybe one day have, like, the top job. Who, like, they right. play that game of politics. Like, look, the vast majority, it might be a spiritual calling, but there are going to be that select few which are after that sort of grab for power themselves. Now, and when it comes to like, yes, there are gonna be some ladies like yourself who just want, yeah, spiritual e equality. Like to be like, oh, okay, yes, I if I choose to come in and like serve my community as a priest and like, yeah, one day if like, if it's, if they deem it worthy, like, yeah, maybe rise up through the ranks, that'd be, your calling, but there will be a small group of ladies in the mix who are like, oh, yeah, once I've become a priest, I'm going to become a cardinal. And then like, yeah, I want that top job. Because look, human nature that it is, there are going to be some people who want it all and they're going to be power hungry, let's just say. It's true though. <laughs> Please tell me if I'm wrong. Yes, it is true that, you know, there'll be some that want to go up the ladder. Mm. But the um, Pope and the, the hierarchy contends that there can't be, we can't allow for this because there never were women priests. It's not in our tradition. So, of course, I want to counter that now that we know this isn't something new. Mm. This is something that was back in our tradition until the early church fathers conveniently removed women from all their positions. And boy, were they creative. You know how they did that? They made this new man-made law called canon law. Yeah. But the caveat was that women in like any religious positions, they no longer would be allowed to be up on the altar. <laughs> now, isn't that convenient? Yeah, like, you know what, like, it's it's not like the Catholic Church has any history in covering up stuff which they don't want to get out there in the world. No, <laughs> it's like, that's, that's another story. <laughs> but like, yeah, um, with regards to like getting this knowledge out there, um, are you a lone voice in trying to get this knowledge out there? Or is there more like people like yourself that... Like, like, you know, there, I mean, there are more, there's a number of uh, organizations, Catholic organizations, again, which unfortunately the general Catholic laity or the people, you know, that sit in the pews were referred to as the laity. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not familiar with. There's call to action, there's future church, yeah, there's woman ordination conference, and there's even Roman Catholic woman priest. Now, what am I talking about? Hmm. There actually are today Roman Catholic women priests and bishops. 
what happened was back in 2002 on the Danube River. Now, this had to be in secrecy. You have uh, a bonafide uh, bishop in the Catholic Church, and he ordained women that wanted to either be Catholic woman priests or bishops. But he had to do it in secrecy because obviously if anyone knew that he did this, yeah. well then, I mean, he would just be, you know, removed from the church so fast. But what this did was, and specifically for any of the women that were ordained as uh, Catholic woman bishops, uh, as far as like the Catholic ordination uh, tradition goes, there's a term called apostolic succession. And it means there's like a linkage back to the time of the apostles. And that gives like the bishop today when he's ordaining, you know, obviously for now in, in the church anyway, yeah. male, you know, uh, priest or bishops. Well, it's the same thing now if these other women that have been ordained as Catholic women bishops, they can ordain Catholic women priests. And they are spread uh, across the country and uh, worldwide and uh, unfortunately there's none right uh, near the Buffalo area <laughs> that the invitation come this way no but uh, seriously it gives you like sort of a, uh, a taste or a flavor of what it would really be like to mm -hmm. have Catholic women you know priests or bishops right. so I think that's pretty exciting yeah, like this is thing. Like, okay, obviously, like going, like doing, well, not going. Basically, ordaining like ladies to become like priests and bishops in secrecy is uh, one thing. And like, look, it's there's stuff which you have to do in a bit of stealth at the beginning before you sort of can get out there. Uh, but now, like, okay getting that sort of voice and platform out there. Uh, like, are there, like, are these, like, lady priests, bishops, like, doing, like, say, podcasts, YouTube, like, to sort of draw attention to themselves, blogs, or, like... They, they have certain ones that are out on YouTube. Mm, because I would say, what with what you said earlier, that there has been a large heritage loss where you don't see... The, like having these lady priests, bishops as the figurehead for many, like a young lady like yourself uh, out there. Um, it's like, right, uh, today, 21st century, there is a lot of platforms to sort of get that sort of image out there. Have they, like, have they, you said there's been one or two. What, have, what, are, they late, what are their names to sort of draw more attention to them? Uh, isn't that awful? Mary Megan, I can't think of her last name. Oh, okay. But, uh, I have, you know, have seen them on, uh, like, YouTube. Mm. Like, have you, like, thought about, like, say, like, interviewing them or getting them onto something you're, like you might be doing yourself? Yeah, in the future, I, you know, because right now, of course, for the last year and even into now, we can't really go out anywhere. Or, yeah. You know, um, because it has to be, it has to really change so that more Catholics are even aware of like these organizations that I told you. Yeah. They're like, well, what can I do? And I, I 
do want to let your listeners know on my website, I have a petition. And again, it's your conscience. It, it's on your radicaltruth.com. Um, Mary, Mother of God's title was uh, with her until 1927 for almost 16 centuries from the AD 300 up till 1927. She had that title. And then you wonder, gee, what happened in 1927? And this John Winsgard, who has a book out on the ordination, a woman in the Catholic Church, he said, is it a coincidence that back in that same year, women from other faith denominations were starting to talk about wanting to become woman priests themselves? So, I mean, it's supposition, but it really, you know, the timing, but it was the way that they took this title away from Mary. Mm. The hierarchy is talking to this Roman newspaper that, you know, ran the article. And they're, they're saying, it was well the way you took care of this question. Isn't it um, right that this question should be put to sleep? They're talking to Mary like about Mary like she's some type of an innate object. Mm. And I mean, I think it's disgraceful. I, I really don't understand how they even had the nerve initially to take a title away from Jesus's mother. And I guess it shouldn't surprise you because we know they've already lied to any woman uh, in the church and they've never moved on any of their uh, findings commission wise. So it, it's like um, these men have just um, they ignored Jesus' biblical words and it, I get to a point sometimes I call them so-called men of God because if they're ignoring what these findings are and not helping women, is that really mirroring Jesus's ministry? Mm. But getting back to the petition, if, if you see points there and you know you agree, I would really appreciate that because Rome is in the driver's seat. And until they are held accountable for not only what they're doing, but in this case, what they're not doing, things will never change. So um, if you're a man, even if you think this isn't right, maybe for your sister or your daughter, mm. if you're uh, any denomination, you know, I would really appreciate if you believe in any of this to, you know, sign that. No, I hear you. I hear you. And like basically removing that title in 1927, like, look, um, it's like going back to like sort of what you touched on briefly with regards to the suffragette movement. It's one of those things where, okay, look, um, as a, like, as I said about, yeah, like people just after power in like, like in the Catholic church, in that organization, that, was seen as like such a huge sort of how can I put it such a sort of turning point just seeing like women getting the vote like here in the UK women getting like the vote in America women getting the vote like through like most of Europe and like basically now turning to the church like look, put it this way um the suffragette movement like I, I remember I've I'm not a history expert or buff but like they the British government 
during the First World War had to come to an agreement with the suffragette movement because let's let's say um, they, they 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 were quite rebellious, almost terroristic. <laughs> yeah, to like sort of like a, okay, look, let's calm down for a moment and like let's work work together. We've got to fight the war. That's how much sort of power and influence that the British government had to sit down and go right, look. Let's like let's sort something out because we need to put all our energy into the war effort. You get your vote, bam. And the dominoes most probably were going bam, 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 bam. And religion was the next one, like the next frontier. They most probably saw it as, uh, and those guys who were in power back then went, not on our watch, not on our watch, no. <laughs> but yeah. And look, you, as you said, the Catholic Church, when you were like in the 50s, was a very different beast to what it was today. Because like, as you said, everyone, like basically the Catholic Church, it was, it's whatever was said, that was it. And look, being like an Irish descendant uh, on the East Coast, like the Catholic Church is like one of those cornerstones, especially going through the 50s, 60s, like 70s, 80s, where like stuff started to come out, 90s when it definitely did come out. It was unshakable in like for a good three decades of your lifetime. Um, to, so you can only imagine how powerful it was in the community then. Nothing would go. Yeah, I, could say, I mean, just imagine, of course I didn't, but I mean, if I, not only myself, but someone else would have dared uh, speak up like back in the 50s or mm. 60s, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I have to ask, like, where, look, you've, ha you've been very eloquent with like how you've like, presented how, like what's happened throughout the time in history, but what drove you to like, uh, okay, I need to write a book about this, like Scandals in the Shadows. What, like, what brought you there? Well, believe it or not, uh, I have never written a book in my life. And <laughs> I was actually writing another book. And all of a sudden, you know, in your mind, how you get like, you, you get other thoughts or like titles. Yeah. And I was getting like in my mind, woman priest, woman's ordination. Mm. And started to become so prevalent I thought wait a minute I'm gonna take notice of this because I'm, <laughs> I'm in the twilight zone another dimension of time <laughs> and space but no seriously I'm not crazy but it, it was it was just becoming more and more and I, I stepped back and I thought someone's trying to to give me a message or something or you know but it was becoming so um like a conflict with my writing and everything that I decided, all right. So I, I mean, this is just how unusual this was. I completely stopped uh, my first book and then I went on to this book. Mm -hmm. And then uh, again, it was just that the fact of being lied to. And then, but when I was writing it, I had to step back because all of a sudden I thought, oh my God, I'm writing against the Catholic Church hierarchy and I'm only one um, woman. And in fact, uh, Matt Napo from uh, Mind Dog TV, the podcast, he said, Margaret, 
are you, David, going against Goliath? And I said, yes, I'm little David going against the Catholic Church. <laughs> and I mean, that's how I still, I really feel it. And when I'm out picketing for women's ordination, um, uh, I get some very, to put, keep it politely, I get some very disparaging words. And uh, then whether I'm picketing for, <laughs> for against uh, pre-sexual abuse, um, the Catholic Church hierarchy has to realize, or uh, the laity has to realize, uh, Vatican II came out. This was a council back in the 60s. Mm. And the Pope said he wanted to open up the windows and he wanted uh, to see the signs of the times. Well, these are unfortunately the signs of the times and um, there was a constitution on the church in the modern world. And there's an article 29 that said there should be no discrimination uh, at all. And specifically, again, relating this to woman, here we go again. What has the hierarchy done? Nothing. And there's also another canon law, I think it's 212. And basically that's saying that uh, any, um, person, like in the Catholic Church, the laity, does have the right to speak out on issues of importance. So if, I mean, this is really important because this is a whole other side, not only to your ch church, but it's a whole other side to Mary, Mother of God. Forever, we were just told that Mary was almost like this perfect woman. Mm. And she was up on a pedestal and there's no i'm not against that but i'm just saying we were never able to see this whole other side of her and this is a side where she's like an everyday woman i mean we've heard the reports like back in, in those times just getting water was a chore if you depending where you lived how far away you had to carry your jugs of water and then even preparing your meal was like an all-day uh, event. So Mary obviously toiled during her time. She could relate to, to anyone because that was her situation. And then this Elizabeth Johnson had a book, and it makes sense. This art, like back in the 16th and the 17th century, Mary has got blue eyes and blonde hair. And she would have been a Semitic woman. <laughs> there wouldn't have been blonde hair and blue eyes. Uh, that that that's how they rolled back then. <laughs> it's like um, blue maybe eyes. she had L'Oreal or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, look, but this is the thing when, like, when we all have our heroes in society, and like, basically, where we like. Or, or our figureheads and let's just say when it comes to mary it was a case of look if you look at anyone today who's out there in the public like space and you like right it's mm -hmm. they like people don't want to know about the hard work people have put in they just want to see the sort of end result forget like you that overnight success person you don't see like they don't talk about the hours right. of practice the heartbreak the pain, the suffering, like moving out of someone's comfort zone, as you have on your mug, but still, but they never really concentrate on that. They just finish, like the finished article, the polish, the shine, and 
the glory of that image of that person. That's what they concentrate on. And I think they did that with a case of Mary herself. Like it's a case of if you looked, if you couldn't sit down and have a conversation with Mary and she's like, um, yes, I've had to get water, do, like fix the house, do this, do a number of services, like give out like certain amount of blessings, as well as bring up this little man here, uh, son of God and all that, no pressure, but still, you like, you go, right. They don't like, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to see that. And like, you know what I mean? Like people, and there are a number of people behind that who don't want to know that story. They don't care to know that story. But the truth of it, the real character of anybody comes in those like days, hours, months, you don't actually see the work going on. Right. But I mean, isn't that sad? Here again, we get when the truth is there that conveniently, uh, whether it's the hierarchy or if it's in a corporation, wherever it is, certain people conveniently, they, they just overlook the truth. And I mean, of all institutions, um, we know Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Well, the hierarchy of the Catholic Church, unfortunately, I mean, they are in a sense hypocrites because they're not following Jesus's own words. They're hiding uh, commission findings and it just isn't right. Well, like, I think it comes down to this, like, the tr like, there was like, there was a time when everything was like a pure, like the pure message, the pure word of God, Jesus, like Mary, and like the disciples were there. And like, it was like, yes, you, you basically back in the day, you could go up to them one on one, and that you would hear their voice. Time goes by, organizations grow. And like, yeah, the word, the words, the truth gets more and more sort of diluted a little bit more, a little bit more to a point now where people at the very top are so sort of in their own world. And I would say this, like with regards to Vatican City, a city which lives within the city. And look, I, I have seen the Vatican and like, oh my God, that building is, wow. <laughs> now, it took my breath away. But when you're kind of in that world, it, at the very tippy top, you are very removed from like someone like yourself, everyday like church going person, like there is a vast gulf and trying to bridge that gap, the gulf is vast, Grand Canyon-like. I, I don't know how to explain. Yes, it is, it's, it's a, it is Grand Canyon. But again, if all the Catholics would only, you're not doing anything wrong speaking out, would only come together, mm. we could do that. And that's what it's so, um, out of all this <laughs> scandal or, you know, what's not being done, it's not like this is the end of the story. Mm. Uh, because we can change it. But it's up to the everyday Catholic to decide, well, gee, I've been lied to, and, and I always wonder, is it because um, it, it's hard to, you know, experience that? Is that why people are just sort of like, oh, no, you know, don't listen to her or whatever, because they don't want to have to come to that, um, that sad realization, that awful realization. Could be. But 
if they want their faith life to be uh, really authentic, I think it's pretty neat now that we, we know this true story and we know this other side uh, of Mary. Mm. Like, um, no, you, you could be right. Some people don't want to realize that side of things. They, like, some people don't want to like sort of jump into the fray. Um, like, because how long have you been like fighting the good fight to get this message out there? How many years? Days, weeks, well, months, decades? I started a year, well, uh, it's been now about five years because first I had to do research mm-hmm. and it took me about two years to write the book. And I just want everyone to know it's not a long book because I, one thing is it certainly isn't a boring book because uh-huh. there's some very interesting skeletons in our church's closets, which do need to come out. But I wanted to make it so that it would be interesting, but as well that you yourself as a Catholic can see a whole, or a Christian, you can see a whole other side of the Catholic church that has never been seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, here's the thing, like, yeah, you started this five years ago, and like this is the thing, it's taken you a good bit, of, a chunk of time before you went. Okay, let me, like, let me be little David to take on the Goliath of the Catholic Church, and I would say, yes. like, and with people like yourself sort of speaking up and like, yeah, bringing more of a clear message to what's going on, um, I think you might be able to sort of expedite other people coming into the fray and sort of like, yeah really sort of working on maybe speeding things up? Well, I I really feel there's hope for the millennials Mm. if they hear this message, because they're the ones that uh, I I would hope if, you know, they they still love the Catholic church, at least, you know, like following Jesus, that part of the faith, uh, that they want something that's authentic. And, you know, they themselves, of course, don't want to be lied to but mm. this is a chance for them really to to take initiative and we do we all together need to light a fire um and get some action here because like a call to action and future church they've been around since the i believe the middle 1970s mm. and um it is going out there but it's it's very slow getting the word out I can imagine. Like, um, one of the things I'm curious about, because, okay, the Catholic Church in, like, the United States, the Catholic Church in Europe, numbers have been decreasing over the course of time. And, like, the sort of powerhouse right now of the Catholic Church is, like, South America. Uh, Do you know how, sort of, like, well that message has been coming across in Latin America and South America? No, I don't. I haven't heard anything uh, in that regard. Mm. Yeah, because like this is the thing. I think it, that would be uh, one of the sort of key places. Maybe you might your organization and yourself might want to take the battleground too to sort of get things changing in like yeah, in those areas. Oh sure, mm. because they would definitely be receptive to the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's 
it's just one of those things I think of, like, and as I say, I am no expert with regards to the Catholic Church or whatnot. It's just I kind of know that is one of the sort of powerhouses right now of the like Catholic Church. I'm very, mm-hmm. I was very surprised that the the current Pope wasn't from the Latin America area because it was like, okay, I was like, that's interesting. But I think in the next Pope most probably will be. Like, who knows? Okay. Mm yeah well thank you that's something to think about yeah no no like hey i'm always i'm always thinking always like you know what i mean driving forward driving forward like yeah like okay yeah i, I have to ask like if there was something you could do over the next say uh three to five years with regards to your either yourself personally or with regards to what you're doing with the catholic church or like on some random thing, what would those things be? Um, I would really like to be able to to get out more and speak mm-hmm. and, and go before different groups because I think it's really, it's unfortunately, it has to be more like a, which I can give an illustration here in Buffalo. Uh, the western terminus of the Erie Canal is right in Buffalo, New York. Mm. And it was discovered there. And the state agency had a marvelous idea. Oh, let's completely fill this up again because they were understanding that the sandstone, there's different types of sandstone. Yeah. It's like Medina sandstone wouldn't be able to um, exert like or um, not it would fall apart if it was out like you know in the winter time so let's just pot let's just completely cover this up and we'll put pretty little signs over like a parking lot that's over (laughs) over this and then a grassroots organization began in the preservation coalition Mm -hmm. really started that and uh, anyway, the spread and then uh, local um, representative um, uh, Higgins, Brian Higgins, he um, came by all this money. And to make a long story short, you, you would never recognize like downtown Buffalo now because we have this whole area there like around the history of the, you know, the Erie Canal uh, terminus and anyone uh, that hasn't been to Buffalo, we do have wonderful architecture. So just in case, but anyway, but I'm using that illustration, how if you start something like from the grassroots up, mm-hmm. then it can take on like a life of its own. And I think until we really get this spreading into communities so that if say people come to a talk, well, then you want them to go back home, you know, obviously talk to their family members, talk to their neighbors, and spread it because this is, it is, it's shocking information. And again, people will look at me, well, who is she? Does she have a doctorate in theology? No, Um, I know the truth. This is what I'm told when I'm picketing. I know the truth. My hierarchy has told me the truth. Stop lying. So my work is cut out for me. Uh, Well, I, I can imagine, well, yes, you're not, as like as we go back to the sort of like yeah you to be David you got to be a tough like 
tough little SOV at times. So, you know, hey, it's one of those things. And when you're having to take on Goliath, yeah, you can't sort of rest in your laurels. That's right. But it would really help uh, if the Catholics would even just, uh, my fellow Catholics, just consider even for a moment or two what I'm really saying. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing up, yes, faults with the church, but I'm not bashing the church in the sense that I love this church. And, but I am offended when I see the church fathers not following the ministry that Jesus would follow. The Jesus that we know, uh, honesty was, would, would be big on his part. And I think there would be unquestionable um, truth that we, you know, would get from him. We wouldn't have to be questioning is, you know, is, is, is really telling us the truth. Um, so especially today with the shortage of priests, having women priests would begin to try to shore up this awful uh, shortage of priests. And by them having this shortage of priests, then it used to be called the mass. Now it's the liturgy of the Eucharist. Mm. Um, that celebration a lot of times isn't held uh, a priest will consecrate host and then you'll have like a deacon will come in and they, they call them just like a communion service where they say prayers and then you know distribute um, communion but the uh, hierarchy knew back in the 70s they did studies and they could see even then that the volumes of priests going in to you know, become new priests was, was going down. And then they wait until the 90s. And then in so waiting, they had to close all these different parishes. And then what was effective was the Eucharist. I mean, <laughs> there was actually a canon law that the bishops can follow. And in that canon law, if there is a shortage of priests, the bishop can appoint uh, either uh, a deacon or a member of the laity to run the parish. So there would have been no need to close down all of these parishes. Mm. But there again, the bishop, it's like they don't want to lose that power. And yes, I am using the word power now. <laughs> but it, it it it's it's mind boggling because I just uh, seriously um, when you have such a wonderful faith, how can these men get everything so wrong? Not and then people will say that oh, there she is. She's <laughs> she's sexist, but. I don't know also if they realize there's five biblical points that the church contends are specific reasons why we as women, you know, cannot be priests. And the latest uh, biblical research says these are no, they're not biblical at all. They're uh, cultural prejudice. And the first one is that women were never made in the image of God. And men, of course, at that time, they did have dominion over women and unfortunately really saw them as nothing. So I guess they just couldn't conceive how can a woman, you know, be made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And the second one 
was that women should not be allowed to teach in the church. And believe it or not, there was a common law back then. Women were seen as not only feeble-minded, but as well had emotional instability. <laughs> and this particular condition, of course, was more prevalent in the woman than the man. So, I mean, my God, have them out in the public, you know, uh, teaching? I know they can't do that. And then, of course, there was a belief that women carried the punishment for Eve's sin. And it was the woman, of course, that are, you know, the instigators and everything. But because, <laughs> and again, this goes back to Genesis. <laughs> because, um, you know, they were looked at as like, having sinned, they wouldn't be the best stellar candidates for priesthood. But miraculously, there were candidates in the priest in the church who were perfect candidates for priesthood. And these were the males. And then moving, moving on, uh, the belief that Jesus, uh, when he specifically chose only the 12 apostles, it was believed he meant right at that specific time, and as well into the future, that there should never be woman priest. But if you look into the uh, culture, the ancient Israel culture at that time was really patristic in nature. And I think Jesus knew, I mean, there's no way that this would fly, that he would appoint uh, 12 women. I mean, he would have been uh, pushed over some cliff but you know seriously he knew that that wasn't going to fly and then the last reason was Jesus being of the male sex um you have to have a male priest during the consecration during the Eucharistic celebration but my question to the current hierarchy of our church is why if the biblical research is showing that each of these five points is not biblical at all it's cultural prejudice why haven't they come out with some type of a pronouncement with some type of a statement letting the average everyday catholic know that oh well no this isn't so mm. and there again they're just conveniently you know i say sit on it uh they're doing nothing well <laughs> uh yeah like I would say with regards to doing nothing, they are doing something. They're just basically withholding information. And like with regards to sort of moving forward, like the world, like the world has sped up and changed so much. Uh, like I could go, I could go, yeah. When I like when I was like came into the world in the 70s, like the world was one way, and like, yeah, so much change has happened in my lifetime. But like I could say so much change has happened in the last 20 years uh, for us all. And with regards to the way the Catholic Church is moving with regard to the today's world, it is not keeping up with pace and it is being left behind. And I think many of the people who would have joined it, like would have joined uh, the Catholic Church or whatnot, in like regards to service as like nuns, priests, like deacons, like bishops, they are not so much coming into that as much. And I would say there's been a little bit of a 
brain drain with regards to the Catholic, like with regards to the Catholic Church as an organization. Because if you're saying bishops could have held on to many of these parishes by just simply going to a deacon and going, okay, yes, you're now in charge of this parish and it wouldn't have closed. That is kind of just mismanagement. If you just look at it from a corporate sort of sense of things, if the mm -hmm. object is to keep as many parishes open and running. Like I've said, I'm saying this purely from looking at it from the outside. I'm not a Catholic, I can't, sure. but when I see it, I look at it as an organization. If it was a company, this is the reason why this is not working, that's not working, and yeah, if you don't embrace yes, it. They're very hesitant to share, share power. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. Don't but, get me started. Hey, but the whole point is, it's like, if you're, like, if, it, if the Catholic Church was a company, just purely a company, this was him. Mm -hmm. Like old, like every company which has been around for a good chunk of time, they have had to evolve and change with kind of each and every decade and when new technology comes along and then like adapt and evolve to that next level. Right. With regards to the Catholic Church, it doesn't seem like it's done that. It's kind of like dragged its feet and it thinks of it thinks it's a bygone age. They might say, like, we, yes, we want this, we want that. We, like, they're saying all of the right buzzwords, but as you said, they're not taking much action with what they're saying. So they say it, new Pope comes in, they say all of this, and like, everyone's like, oh, it's going to be a new change. It's a new dawn for the Catholic Church. Like, well, what, what classic or what epic direction will they take? and nothing has happened. It's like, yeah, we've said it, that's kept everyone quiet for a bit, but nothing has happened. So if it was a company, it would be a case of your future is not looking bright if you carry on down this path without sort of bringing some innovation or change. I'm not trying to like just say, bringing in women as priests, bishops, like, that is the sort of thing, that innovative change. I'm just saying, if it can't see, like, see itself changing in any way, it, the future for the Catholic Church is not going to be bright, if you get what I mean. And, and that's why we need the younger people mm. to get involved, because you can make that difference. We have to hold Rome accountable. They've never been held accountable for what they're not doing. Mm. Yeah, and like this is the reason why I, I asked about, yes, um, are there people on YouTube? Are there people on podcasts? Like, are there people even on, dare I say, it, TikTok? Then again, maybe having Catholic priests on TikTok might not be the best idea. But that's another story. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, sorry. <laughs> like, but yeah, <laughs> but like getting onto sort of new media to get that word out. This is the reason why, because you say you need to get young people, but if you if you guys are not in the places where young people are, how do you expect to reach them? Because look, television is not there. Uh, and look, I, when I even say YouTube, I might even be wrong about that. It's 
one of those things. It's a sort of. Uh, uh, I see what you mean. Yeah. And, and like, as you say, tic-tac is the thing today. Mm. So, yeah, that's why I asked. Like, yeah, again, like just so like, so maybe to, I'm trying to initiate uh, initiate some action on your part to like go uh, like the next day like I'm, I'm starting a tiktok account or a youtube account <laughs> that's like yeah to be that voice like be that figurehead it could be you margaret could be you <laughs> <laughs> but that's true we need to uh do something uh because like as i said the younger people they can join like a call to action uh, they do have specific groups for the younger millennials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have to like have to ask, like, when you're not trying to like wrestle with the Catholic Church, like, what are some of the things you sort of do in your sort of spare time? Well, I love the paranormal. Um, this was years ago uh, in between college. I had like a job, a cleaning job. Mm. And I was in a mansion. It was in uh, downtown Buffalo. And it was connected to a high school. So there was like three buildings. There was the mansion. There was the, the school. And then there was like a wing where the, um, the priest would live. And make a long story short, it was my first night, night there. And I basically like would clean the foyer uh, in the mansion. And part of it was the school. And then the gentleman that was with me, he would uh, clean the stage area. And then below, uh, he said there was like tunnels or something. I guess then there was like locker rooms down there, you know, for the, the high school football players or whatever. But he'd go to those other areas and clean. So uh, I met him that first night. And then he asked, he said, would you mind, could you mop out in the foyer while I'm, um, you know, on the stage. And he said something about spirits. Well, I'll tell you, I was really back then. I, all I could think of was when I heard spirits was it was like some big joke, like, boo, you know. So I'm in the foyer and I'm mopping and to myself, I'm thinking, why doesn't this man man up? Why do I have to be out here? You know, because I knew absolutely nothing of the paranormal so everything went fine i went through the rest of the mansion and did like the classrooms well then i was really taken in because i I talked to this priest i said you know there's been all these marble stairs and i said why is this last landing it's all just wooden and he told me well that was for the people that work there that led up to like rooms where they slept. Okay. But they couldn't make those steps marble as well. So I said, well, what's that room off to the, I said, I tried that room there to clean, but I can't get into it. He said, oh, you have to access that, you know, another way. And he said, that's our library. But he said, when this was a mansion back in the twenties, he said, that was actually a ballroom. So I'm getting all excited. You know, I finally got to the a ballroom, to the, the library, and I just stood there like to look around and envision like this, you know, must have been something like back then. Well, all of a sudden this feeling, a presence came over me. 
And I had never experienced that. And it was something that it just, it took your attention. There was the feeling like something or someone was there and it wasn't a nice feeling. And I'm like vacuuming, you know, uh, this is like the middle of the night. Then it didn't, it got more uneasy because, you know, in the middle of the night, how like a mansion creaks or you hear anything. <laughs> so I'm like vacuuming and it got by the time, the end of it, I had my vacuum cleaner and I was galloping up and down. Just, uh, just because I was like, oh yeah. And I never, I just, I, I couldn't believe it. I got outside the room. I thought, this is ridiculous. And then it, it was just like everything changed. So then, of course, I was anxious the next night. Now, come on, this is, you know, this isn't going to happen. And it, it stayed. So oh. that was one room that I did what I had to do, and I did it very quickly. So what I'm trying to say was that gave me such attention. Then uh, remember back, was it in the 70s or the 80s? They had the uh, ghost shows on. Um, these men would go. They were even hired by like uh, the Air Force uh, and the Navy, like to go through ships. Yeah, okay. They had, like special equipment to see, you know, if they were paranormal. So they would have tours here, uh, like in Buffalo, in the old train terminal, uh, at the Statler Hotel that they were renovating. And I love stuff like that because there is there is a presence there and even though you can't see it um when i was in the train uh terminal oh my god the back of my neck it was such all of a sudden there was this intense feeling mm. like something was on my neck and i was even going like this um and i you know got out of that room but uh what i would love to see is a shadow figure. And I never personally uh, got to see a shadow figure. They said there were tours, uh, this is maybe going back a few years ago, there were tours there at nighttime and people would see going across the foyer of the train terminal. Uh, they even had it on film, they showed some of it. You would see like this uh, shadow figure moving across and uh, the Buffalo train terminal, it was like Art Deco and it's beautiful. They brought back the foyer and um, there was uh, even a movie just a few years ago um, uh, about a, a Supreme Court judge and the actor that would just died, he had some type of cancer a year ago, um, a young black man. Oh, Chadwick uh, Boseman. Yeah. Yes. He yeah. was in that movie and he said he was really struck by the, you know, the architecture um, yeah. around the city of Buffalo and that. So, but that's my story. I love, and I love like watching shows like that, with, you know, supposedly the, the spirits. Um, that just, uh, that really piques my curiosity. Wow. So you must be down for uh American show, is it called Ghost Hunters? I've, I've only seen like sort of- uh, Yes, uh, Ghost Hunters. And then there's other shows. Uh, oh, I can't think of it now. There's actually a retired uh, New York City detective. And then there is a psychic who um, speaks to the dead. And they're called in by families that are having really weird 
you know, p paranormal experiences within their own homes. Yeah. And uh, they go through and they, they have like the detective questioning the family. And then he even does like research at the library. It, was there some type of a horrific event, maybe, you know, somewhere near the house or within the house? And then the psychic goes through it another time and she's going through each room. And basically, if there is something there, she's saying there's, you know, this person's there, that person, they're doing this, that. So then, of course, they have to confront uh, the family members at the end. I not confront them, but I mean, uh, explain what she did or didn't find. And is there a specific way to uh, remove, obviously, these um, troublesome spirits out of their house. There have been a few occasions where they couldn't do anything, so they're basically telling, um, you know, the family that they're gonna they're gonna have to move. <laughs> just like the exorcist, though. no, no, I, you got to just move. It's like just like yeah, get out while you can. Oh, yeah, no, I think with regards to sort of supernatural, like that side of things, I kind of, like I kind of leave it as far as like the TV show Supernatural, just like yeah, Sam and Dean doing their thing. That's like yeah, that's like good job. But if I had to be out there with them, no, 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 no. It's like just like oh, that's got like a little bit of cold breath. That's like I I I commend you. Uh, like, do, that's where, like that's that where it's, so, it's so exciting that's what makes it really um unique mm. <laughs> oh rather you than me <laughs> that's what i simply say rather you than me <laughs> oh brilliant now i have to reveal that i am a being of supreme cosmic power and yes i can grant you one wish before you say anything, you can't wish for world peace. You can't write down a whole thing, load of things on a piece of paper and go, I wish for everything on this piece of paper to come true. Now, if I could grant you one wish, what would that one wish be and why? Oh, I just wish we'd uh, get back to some normalcy, uh, not only in, uh, due to the uh, pandemic, but as well, just to have some type of a unity uh, amongst individuals, because uh, I, I just unfortunately, it's awful how these different conspiracies have literally taken hold of, of, of so many people and it's caused them uh, such a rift within families. Mm, yes, like, yes, Agent Q, and yeah, with, with some things. Uh, and with regards to what happened last month in the in your nation's capital, uh, oh, that was I, 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 wow. I was with um, a lady that I've worked under, Kathleen Gage, and we were discussing something, and I could see. Uh, I thought, gee, that looks like the capital when there's people storming, and I thought, oh, this has got to be some other country. They're showing it. It can't be the capital so i'm just going i didn't even bring it up with her because i mean it would be the farthest thing from my mind that something like that would actually happen and then of course when i had the tv on later in the afternoon oh my god that was the capital mm. yeah like because like as a, like someone who lives in the uk watching that going on and just like going 
uh, okay, you've gone a little bit too far here because like the one thing what did surprise me and I thought anyone who would have been storming that capital, like there was only one person who lost their life in that whole thing because I thought it would have been a bit, I thought it would have kicked off and guns would have been blazing, but it just was like one person and uh, that poor, well, that poor lady, well, is how can I put it? Her, her views on the world and some of the conspiracies what went were going on. Uh, I would say a little bit out there uh, from from my point of view, but it was just seeing all that kick off was very surprising. It was a sh- it was shocking uh, for like seeing yes. from the outside. And it's just sad that it's like a I don't know if it's like a cult that. It, it's taken over so many individuals. Mm. And not obviously in a good way. Yeah. No, um, I don't think anyone would say uh, the way that like a select few are taking the sort of reaction of uh, ex, like, ex-President like ex Trump going out and like, yeah, Biden coming in with the changes what's gone on. And I don't think it was helped by Trump's attitude with regard to I'm not conceding and like now is now built up to this no, so, so many individuals thought he uh, was telling the truth mm. and like this is the thing I, I don't know if he like, there were many a thing uh, he did talk about which I was like I, uh, maybe you should just fact check that and if you did a simple Google search you like I, you're wrong on that and uh, don't get me wrong, I, I'm not here to bash Trump or anything like this. I think the U.S. public, with both representatives or president, did not have the best people to basically come, like, go forth to be president at this present time. And that's why I simply say, I, you might disagree with me, but I think there was better people who could have being the leader of the Democrats at that time, just saying. Well, I, I do like Biden. Hey, like, and like this is the thing. I, you saying that I'm fine with that, but it's like I just think there could have been a better option on like for the Democrats, and yes, there should have been a better option for the Republicans as well, because right now. Um, I think it's just a little bit too messy uh, for going forward. And this is sort of years and years and years in the making, if you get what I mean. It's not just down to these one like one or two key things. Well, hopefully we'll get with the shots, we'll get the uh, pandemic under control mm. before these um, mutations take off, you know, in a bad way. Uh, yes, the variants, as they call them. Yes. But like, yes, I'm sure uh, we'll get that under control. And like this is being a normalcy and like normalcy and unity, as you like mentioned, uh, for your we- wish. I'll get working on that. I love, um, like, yes, I kind of look at you and go, unity. Mm, that's a little bit too close to world peace, but I'll let this one go on this occasion. <laughs> but yeah, normalcy, I... I'll definitely work on that. And yes, a much more peaceful uh, 2021, uh, no doubt. Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, I'll drink to that as well. I'll raise a, yes, cheers. 
Ah, yes. Can you tell the lovely people how they can get hold of you out there in the big wide world? Yes, thank you. Uh, my website is yourradicaltruth.com. That's yourradicaltruth.com. Mm -hmm. And I do have a free chapter for uh, there. They can click on if they'd like to read that. And of course, the petition is there. So, you know, feel free to, to look that over. Ah, superb, superb. Well, do I put that in the show notes for everyone? And yeah, so please, uh, please click on those links, uh, sign the petition, and yeah, download the uh, chapter uh, from, yeah, Margaret's book. And what I would simply say is to you, Mary O'Connor, thank you for coming on today. You have been a superstar. Uh, like, yes, uh, I definitely our little David, take your long Goliath. Hoorah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I really appreciate this time. Ah, not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. And like, I would like to say thank you to you, my friends, my life warriors out there. I'd like to say, please stay safe. Please stay well. Be awesome. Be excellent. Be fantastic. Be all the positive bees you can be in this world and then some. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great day. Yeah. Peace. And we are...